Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to Abide the Podcast. My name is Adeze and I'm your host for this podcast. On this podcast, we're really just going to be sharing, having conversations, telling stories and learning on how to stay in a place of intimacy with God while navigating various aspects of life in this world. You know what I'm saying? Now, for episode one, I thought I'd share my testimony with you guys. Um, and it is actually miraculous that I've come to a point where I'm able to share what God has done in my life. Um, because I went from being, you know, a dedicated Christian, working with the Lord, being a pastor, really, to coming to a place where I was sort of lost in the world struggling with anxiety addiction fornication among other things and you know just the saving and redeeming power of god that has now brought me to a place where i am in the best relationship i've ever had with the lord and just continually growing in that so this is what this testimony (laughs) surrounds but let's get into the story first you know i've carried a lot of shame you know about some of the things that have happened in my life I've always been a very private person and nobody even knew majority of the struggles I was going through in my life. Um, I learned from an early age or, I, or from an early age, I just knew how to just keep things to myself. And that is was a downside for me on this story, to be honest. And so even after the Lord had helped me and brought me out, I, I still wasn't able to really fully share some of the things that happened in my life with anybody because I felt very ashamed of it. Until one day when I heard, you know, my elder brother sharing his testimony and, you know, I could relate to some of the things and he's in a place, you know, where he's doing exploits for the Lord. So many amazing things. And I'm just like, wait, if this person can share his testimony, you know, with no shame, why can't I share mine? Like, why do I feel like I have to, you know, put up this front that I've always been perfect to anybody? Like, who even cares? (laughs) And so through somebody else's testimony, it gave me the freedom to come to a place where I feel like I can share mine. And I just want to thank God for, you know, just breaking off that shame from my heart. So yeah, let's get into the story. We're going to backtrack to growing up. Um, I'm the seventh child and last child of seven, a family of seven. So I don't know, we're seven in the family. And I have six elder brothers. I'm the last and the only girl. And so that would help you understand the level of protection I had growing up. Um, I was very much protected, very much guarded, you know, very much just kept in sort of a box. You know, I was the egg, last girl, only girl. My father's, apple of my father's eye and my mother's eye, really. Apple of my brother's eyes, apple of everybody's eyes, you know, the special child. And I knew I was special from a young age. I always got these prophecies that God had a plan for my life, you know. Like, obviously, God has a plan for everybody's life. But, you know, I got really particular testimonies from um, prophecies from very early on. My mom always reminded me and that God is going to use you mightily and all of that. And so I had that at the back of my mind, even if I didn't really understand what that really meant. So um, growing up, you know, I grew up in a family who were very spiritual. I watched my mom be such, you know, like very dedicated and committed to the Lord. You know, how you wake up in the morning and I'm seeing her just spending her days in prayer and study. For a good part of her life, she had businesses, but then she also, 
basically had major control of her time so you know she could decide to spend the whole day and i'll just see her praying i'll just see her studying being so engrossed and i didn't really get it i mean i loved the lord in or i loved church because i don't think i even really understood who the lord was at that point i just knew we served this god this is what i was born into and you know i enjoyed church um i enjoyed church it was where i got to be expressive because i think i was a very timid young child i was very quiet i was very timid growing up and but church was where i got to express myself i was part of every creative team everything the drama the dance the choir the everything creative i was part of it and so church was where i had my friends you know where i got to express myself and just enjoy so i actually loved being in the church environment um um I remember getting born again at the age of eight or nine. My brother, one of my brothers led me to Christ and then I started speaking tongues then. Um, I still remember it were in his room and I really didn't, I don't know, it was it was a beautiful experience. And from then on, I believe I had, I had the Holy Spirit. I had some sort of intuition and all of that. But let's backtrack a little bit. Now, growing up, um, I experienced, you know, what would we call it now molestation <laughs> from men you know that were around me first experience i can remember was my cousin who we had gone to you know one of my auntie's house for the holidays and i remember we we're going to lagos country club oh that evening and then his hand would be over my shoulder and then he would just like he was just trying to touch my non-existent breast really because like what breast did i have at how old was i i can't even remember honestly how old i was when this was happening but i was probably around six or five and he was a teenager much older maybe 15 or so or 16 and then i really didn't understand what was going to be like i knew it was wrong i just i know remember feeling really off like was this and why is it happening but then again, like I, I just said, I'm, I was very quiet, very timid. So I, my first instinct was to process it in my mind, not necessarily say it to anybody. So I'm just like, wait, this feels like this is the wrong thing. Well, what is happening? Why is he doing this? Like he's my cousin. So it was a bit confusing for me as a child then. Um, but I remember that incident vividly. I then remember I was getting home and him calling me into his room and then just get himself naked and was like oh put your mouth here that kind of thing i still remember that scene in my head it was really crazy i don't remember how that ended i think that somebody must have walked in or something i can't remember um i don't remember if i ever told anybody i, I really don't remember how i processed or how i got out of that but i remember that being etched in my brain and i feel like that was my first um encounter with anything sexual you know being violated <laughs> as a baby and then after that there were two other exper experiences with two other people not once um a family friend that used to come around to my house would um i can't honestly can't remember what he used to do maybe finger me or something maybe i blocked that memory out but i know there was incidences like that and then another one was like in my auntie's house the help the boy that was the help helping in her shop or something you know just experiences like that so that was my first encounter with anything sexual 
I just wanted to add that because I feel like this impacts in the future of the story. And so after all of that passed, you know, growing up, um, another experience I had was in primary school being just heavily bullied. I remember going into this new primary school. And funny enough, my mom says that I chose that school. Like they were going to send me to another school and I said, no, this is where I want to go. And she was like that. There's no, there's no more admission. Like they are no longer taking. I'm like, let's go there. They will take me. And we went there and they actually took me. So she says that from this young age, I already had this very instinctual. I was quiet, but I knew what I wanted. And I had this instinct. I don't know. It was God, <laughs> really, you know. And yeah, so I remember being bullied in primary school, you know, like I was sleeping. I remember one day I was sleeping and then I woke up and somebody had cut my hair off, like in the center. I had this big hole. They were now laughing at me and calling me Tenkobo. <laughs> so I remember when I came into that school, I was overall first, like I was doing really well. But then I remember that that particular year, I had now come 24th out of 28 in the class. And so the bullying thing heavily affected me and my academics. But then it also made me withdraw even further for somebody who wasn't very out or outspoken or whatever. It made me feel like I, I really didn't belong. Um, it made me feel like I didn't belong. I wasn't welcome anywhere. Yeah, so I sort of sort of became a loner. I don't really remember having any f actual friends in that school. I can't remember. I don't have a memory of a friend. <laughs> um, so yeah, but we eventually moved out of that school and moved to a different city and, you know, I changed schools, things picked up and all of that. Can't remember any further incidences after that, but, you know, yeah. Then, um, after I got into secondary school, that I, a school that I loved, and now coming into this place, I believe I was carrying this baggage of um, not, you know, belonging, not really fitting in. I always just felt like, an, <laughs> like I never really fit in anywhere. I was never really part of anything. So coming into um, secondary school, I was in this new school that was like a school full of rich kids. You know, honestly, like everybody was rich and I was from, my family was okay. I wouldn't say that we were rich the way that people in that school were rich. So again, I felt like, um, where do I fit in here? <laughs> I remember that, you know, we'll go to holidays and come back and people will be telling stories of, you know, how they went to America, went to this place, went to this place and all of that. And I would have nothing to say because like, mm. I remember one time I even now made up a story of going to... What's this place called? Is it Disneyland or something? I didn't go anywhere. Lies, all lies. Just me trying to fit in. I remember like I'll be friends with some people like in a group or something. Yeah, I remember I was part of a dance group or something. And you know when you're in a group, like some people will just become close to each other or something. I don't know. And I wasn't really, I felt like I was part of the group, but like I didn't have a person. Like I wasn't really, I, I didn't really belong either ways. And so I always found that throughout secondary school, it was almost like I was in this group. There would be this group and I would just be the outlier, the one that nobody is really close to. I remember sometime in my one, what was it called? Extension classes, like when in Nigeria, when you're in secondary school, like when you're moving from SGS3 to SS1, there's this long extension that you have to come back to school and it's only that class that is in school. It was a burden school. 
it was a boarding school let me say burning jeez it was a boarding school and so we came back and in my school we're not allowed to bring um provisions so which is like extra food like cereals or anything like that like the school feeds you and that's all you have and so like we used to just sharp bring provisions somehow because man must survive <laughs> and so i remember that if we were caught or i was caught me and maybe one or two other people were caught like where we hid our provisions and so obviously there's this pressure from like the house master and house mistress telling us oh who are the other people that have provision blah 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 and i i think that we ended up not saying anything we just said that we don't know we didn't call anybody's name but they ended up searching the entire hostel and finding other people's provision and so these people my fellow ss3 classmates decided that nobody was going to speak to me like it was a unanimous decision to ignore adese <laughs> And it was crazy. I remember I was only one person. I still remember her, Stephanie Wago. She's yeah, she was the only person that was talking to me in that period of time. It was crazy. Imagine living with people who you thought were your friends, and all of them just decide you are a terrible person because they found their own provisions. Like it didn't make sense to me in my how old I was around twelve, around this time, or eleven. Just imagine the trauma of that kind of thing. With me already feeling like I don't belong anywhere. And then this happening it was crazy <laughs> it was crazy and then i remember like i even got the tag of friend snatcher in secondary school because you know i'll be friends with one person and somehow things will go they will start drifting away and i'm like okay maybe this other and then i start getting close to another person and then somehow i became friend snatcher because maybe the person i was getting close to was now friends with somebody else before and because we were getting close like is this not normal tide and flow of normal human life <laughs> oh my god it was traumatizing but you know as kids everybody's a kid they don't really know even you don't know the effect of what is happening to you at the time in the people doing whatever they are doing don't know the effect of what they are doing to you because really we're all kids in our small minds we're doing what was everybody was selfish doing what was best for them you know reacting in the way that they felt that they needed to react at that time so i i really don't hold it you know we're all kids to be honest but all of that was you know just adding to my feeling of not belonging anywhere or you know just not fitting in anywhere um and so like going through secondary school i think another thing that the highlight or maybe not highlight honestly i think i still enjoyed secondary school regardless i used to look forward to going back to school for some reason i still enjoyed it regardless of all the madness that was happening now this is the the treatment i got from girls on the other end guys just i tended i tend to i tended is that is that correct english <laughs> but i got along with the guys a lot more i would say maybe it's because i grew up with my brothers but even my brothers like they are way older than me so me growing up they weren't even in the house like that they had all like gone to uni and all of that so i wouldn't even say that i grew up with guys but somehow i got along better with the guys i had guy friends who were much more chill and when i was around them i felt like you know were actually cool and then i remember sometime in ss3 final year in secondary school um this guy who I would say was my first boyfriend in quote um first relationship i had ever at this point i was 16 i, I don't know if i had any business being in a relationship but 
you know he actually started to like me and we used to call each other cousins before it was very funny i don't know how that happened and the thing was that a lot of other girls actually liked him and i didn't i, I didn't even fancy him like until he started to show him like and that's when i started noticing like oh my god you and so you know we ended up together and then there was another set of like just ill feeling towards me because of that not from many people honestly i remember walking into hostel one day and somebody i think she was crying because of that oh my god i felt so terrible like i had done anything terrible but that was evil <laughs> but anyways um so just to mention like i just felt like i um sort of fitting with the guys a little more but that was secondary school secondary school was cool and all i liked it i liked it we graduated and now i wanted to study medicine at the time i remember i wrote jam jam is like the exam you write to get into a nigerian university i also was hoping to you know travel abroad to study and all of that but none of that really worked out i ended up spending three years at home before i got into school now in these three years now imagine that literally most of my classmates were in school you know they had already moved on to uni and i was here still sort of struggling to get into this school i'll see my mates just moving forward in life and it just wasn't giving you know what i'm saying and of course i was still very much protected in these three three years now i would say that three things or a couple of things were happen, happening concurrently in these three years i became much more dedicated in church you know i was in teens church i became a leader i was leading the choir i was leading a cell we were doing outreaches winning souls and all of that so i was growing you know spiritually and in doing all of that it was shaping my identity it was helping me to see like oh i really don't want to the whole feeling of not belonging sort of left me in that place i came to a place where i i sort of understood myself a much more um I didn't feel like I needed to do anything to fit in anywhere. I came into a wholeness and understanding like, wait, I am amazing all by myself. Like, I am amazing all by myself. Like, I came into a greater sense of identity based on the fact that I was growing spiritually. I knew who I was in Christ. Like, I was growing in that period. Teens Church really helped me. I didn't even know it at the time, but that period that three years i feel like it was essential for me to stay at home because i feel like if i had gone to school like, it would have been the same cycle continuing of where i'm trying to fit into and that could have gotten me in a lot of trouble right so um but yeah um my three years at home it was it was feeling good it was good in the aspect of like i was growing as a human being i was understanding myself better i was understanding god better we were coming into a proper you know like relationship i was understanding the word better i was learning how to lead other people and all of that that was happening but concurrently i was also in this stuck in this place of like oh my god all my mates are moving forward my life is not going anywhere i'm just stuck in this stagnant position one year pass no uni i'm failing i didn't fail jam but like i wasn't getting the courses i wanted they were i think i remember applying to uni lag they gave me one other course i'm like i'm not doing i want medicine you know so it was like seeing everybody move forward and feeling like i was just in this stagnant place 
um but also in that period i remember i started modeling modeling for my brother who was like starting his clothing line and a couple of other modeling related things and even the modeling helped me like fall so in love with myself because you know like i'll do these shoots i'll see the pictures i'm like oh my god what damn cell you know what i'm saying so i sort of grew that modeling even helped me feel a greater sense of like girl you are that girl and i needed to be that girl before i got into uni so that i would not be moving mad you know me and then eventually i did get into university now in this also this waiting period um, my curiosity about sexual stuff was piqued because i was meeting you know guys now i was going to like lesson you know jam blessing to help me get much better scores that will get me into medicine i was meeting guys who were sexually curious on their own and you know putting those conversations in my mind about sex and stuff so i was curious about it never really acted on it or anything but you know my mind was more open to that because i was mingling with grown people at this point and so i get into uni with that curiosity already picked and remember with the whole molestation thing as a child that was already in my mind somewhere and i never actually had a conversation about sex i knew that having sex before marriage was wrong i didn't know why i didn't understand the spiritual you know consequences of sex why is sex kept like that was never a conversation i never had any conversation that it was wrong but i knew because you read the word um they've probably spoken about it as something that is wrong in church but never really broken it down and i feel like that's a major problem in churches today like a lot of things are skimmed over like you just tell me okay sex no sex okay it's a bad thing why is it a bad thing what are the consequences like what do you get me and those are the things that are, is it that there was you know you just wasn't something that was spoken about openly i think now is even better but then nobody's going to have that conversation with you nobody's going to say anything like that to you you just know it's wrong and that's that and you know as a child is the thing that they tell you don't do that you want to do <laughs> but anyways i eventually got into uni at maybe 18 i think i graduated secondary school at 15. i believe i got into uni around 18 19 i can't remember how old i was but i got into uni and you know world of freedom for me finally you know not protected anymore i can go out and come back when i want you know now i have to be responsible for myself because there's no mommy and daddy you know keeping me under lock and key i now have to be responsible for myself and i have to decide whether i'm going to be a good girl or a bad b you know what i'm saying i think i chose good girl good girl with a little bit of curiosity and you know flexibility but yeah so i got to uni and at some point after about a year or so i met this guy who um i was living with actually <laughs> oh my god just some widow who was my roommate at the time um and she really did not like this boy that i had met and i liked for some reason and he was giving bad boy vibes you know he was giving i like you but you know i'm a bad boy for some reason it was a little bit attractive to me because every other person i met was like a little bit like all over me <laughs> not to brag or anything but like i said i had come into this identity where i knew who i was i knew who i was you get me and so i had that energy around me i wasn't i wasn't like a regular fresher i think 
yeah so um eventually we start dating and you know one thing leads to another i remember the nights where i lost my virginity of course you know as a good girl i decided that you know what i i'm not gonna have sex until i get married but that did not work you know that did not work because that night tell me why this boy was drunk and then because i told him like yo i'm a virgin i'm not trying to have sex with you and i'm trying to keep it that way okay and then he's like mm, okay you know didn't really oppose it but i guess in his mind it's like eventually it's going to happen because like if we're kissing one day one day i'm gonna get lucky and i'm gonna put it in there you know what i'm saying <laughs> so um so i guess one night he was quite drunk and again i had not learned the art of saying no i was still miss nice girl who yeah did not know how to stand her ground and you know insist on what she wanted i was still little miss nice i was i was too nice for my liking and i i, I did not know i think it's even much more recently that i learned how to say no and be firm on my no i'm not doing that i'm sorry no no and with no explanation no means no for anything do you want to go out do you want to hang out no i don't need to explain to you why like i just don't want to but then i didn't know that and so here he, he is and he's like trying to make out and i'm like cool like we make out okay and next thing i know my my guy's pants are down and he's trying to put himself in there i'm like wait i don't want this no 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 but then i'm gonna blame it on the fact that he was drunk but i don't think so like i feel like baby boy fully knew what he was doing maybe not i don't know <laughs> but yeah um and at this point i'm feeling really uncomfortable like this is not what i want like why is this happening you know but i, I didn't like insist on my no i didn't but i mean i said no and so okay and so nigga ends up doing whatever he wanted to do it was very unpleasant and just terrible completely terrible <laughs> And he's done and he goes to sleep like he didn't even like it was just, it was just terrible honestly it wasn't painful it was just terrible emotionally because i wasn't present i was just lying there and waiting for him to be done and get out <laughs> uh anyways um at this point it's quite late in the night so i can't even leave i waited till the next morning and then i just he knew that what he had done was bad and he knew that i was not feeling good about it but he didn't even address it and i too didn't have the balls to address it myself so i just packed my jigida and left um yeah i went back and i felt really terrible with myself and you know this is a door has been opened like all the molestation things those were just seeds being dropped by satan and his stupid scheming you know using vulnerable little guys who knew or maybe did not know better you know but now i had used my hand and opened this door to sexual issues and sexual struggles and sexual temptation but i remember going and just like god i'm so sorry i did not want this to happen and you know i cried and cried and cried but i had opened the door and i did not i was not knowledgeable on how to shut it number one and number two i kept it to myself ah i kept it to myself and that was the biggest the big problem throughout all my my stories because for everything that i went 
through i never really spoke to anybody about it and you know how the bible says confess your sins one to another there's a reason why so that you can have accountability when you when you say it is out there in open you now you have help now you have somebody that can ask you and you can be accountable to now you can get help but i never spoke to anybody i was so secretive i was so ashamed and so secretive <laughs> But yeah, and so this is how the door was open and it became a constant um, battle of, okay, so eventually it happened again, of course, because this door had been opened and not been closed. So it'll happen, I would feel bad. I'm like, oh my God, this is not what I want. Go, you know, like weeks or months being celibate and then again, yeah, that became the routine. Now speaking of my relationship with god of course i was in campus ministry very active very engaged but i feel like even at this point my relationship with god was still very much not having depth very much not intimate it was like i had a more so head knowledge of god but not a personal revelation of who God is and you know what my relationship with him is I don't know how to explain it I knew God I studied the word I'd heard the word of my life so I knew by mind and head understanding who God was but it hadn't become a revelation in my heart you know it, it i hadn't it had not entered because it's when it enters that it changes your entire being and how you operate as a human being so i knew god i prayed i did all the religious activities i showed up in church i gave i had an understanding of a couple of things but i don't think it never really entered the way it's supposed to enter you know what i'm saying yeah but you know we move um it was it was um uni was interesting and then i moved to another campus as well you know with at this point um you know i'll study medicine of course i moved to another campus where medical students actually stay and you know ended things with that boyfriend eventually and then I started dating somebody who was like super popular, um, like a celebrity, basically. And that one, hmm, we're not going to talk about that much because there's not really much to say. But it wasn't a terrible relationship. Um, but in that period, I also sort of, because he was a musician and I had an interest in music way from like teens church. I remember I used to write like songs and we used to do performance like, ah, it was always in my blood and so i did some music as well because of him and like he could produce and you know i did a couple of things it was nice it was a good experience and all that ended um then i think one of the most significant things that happened while in med school was when i failed out of med school that's a whole different story we'll talk about some other time but yeah i failed out of med school and it wasn't cute you know what i'm saying like i failed um but i didn't feel bad because as at by the time i got into med school in year one i already realized like this is not what i want to do with my life i just knew that it wasn't for me but 
seeing as I had waited three years to get into school, I just wasn't going to give up just like that. Nope, I was going to do it and finish it. And, you know, it's not like I, I even knew another option of what I wanted to do. I just knew that this really wasn't it. So when I failed out, it was a mixture of relief and, okay, what next? You know, um, and also like not feeling good because failure doesn't feel good. Even if it's not what you want, it still doesn't feel good. Right. But it was, it was a relief for me. The most stressful part of this was telling my parents, but even when I told them they were, my dad was very supportive, very understanding. So I'm really grateful for that. Mom too was actually understanding. Nobody, nobody like shouted at me like, Oh my God, how could you? Nothing like that. So that was, it was like good landing for me. And at that point I thought like I was going to literally start my life again. Cause I, I even would jump again i was trying to apply to like to study media and communications in another school because at this point i realized like i was quite interested in media related things i felt like that was more me i had started my youtube channel at this point you know and so i knew that i was really into the media and social media kind of space but by you know some orchestration i ended up continuing with something medical related because it will have it will mean that i I could graduate in two years rather than starting all over again and doing a whole four-year course so i chose that option and i stayed in my school now um sometime in 2018 um i was when i was nominated to be a pastor i was told oh we're gonna send your name so that you can become like the assistant pastor for the campus and i'm like i don't know about it like i was committed you get me like i was i was focused i was very involved but like i was not pastor material like to me that was not the direction of my life that was not god i don't know it just did not feel like it was for me i just felt like oh my family is well known in this church my mom is a pastor i have three pastor brothers so i mean it's natural for them to feel like maybe i should be a pastor this was my own thinking i'm not saying that that's what it was but this was how i was thinking about it right and i'm like wait this is not for me because i knew like the things that i was still struggling with the sexual door i had opened was not closed yes maybe i would go months being celibate but somewhere down the line there was still always a incident that will happen and we're right back where we started and continue the in quotes celibacy journey so i wasn't pure (laughs) and i knew it i knew i had some struggles and i just didn't feel like a person who should be given that kind of leadership responsibility where people are going to be looking up to me you know like i have to be it was literally a call to be somebody that i wasn't yet and i didn't know how i was going to become you know so i disqualified myself honestly that's just it from the get-go i just felt like this is not for me and so you know moving forward now when you're nominated to be a pastor you're going to go through some trainings before you're ordained i intentionally skipped the trainings i never did them and so when you went for the program like camp meeting of some sort where at the end there's usually an ordination i didn't think that they were going to call me to be honest like i was not expecting to be called because i did not train you cannot give me pastor when i'm not (laughs) gone through the things i'm supposed to go through to become a pastor but Ladies and gentlemen, Adeze Ume, I was called. 
and I came forward because like am I going to sit down everybody knows me I'm gonna stand up like okay and I remember being there standing and saying Lord okay so if I was like God if they call me today I'll know that this is what you want though because so when they called me I went out and I remember standing in front of that place and being like God I mean like ugh, I don't feel like I deserve this I don't feel like I'm good enough to be this but if you've called me I'm gonna do everything in my capacity to you know do this thing that you have called me into I will do my very best I believe this was 2018 and so you know I can't remember clearly but I think it's 2018 and so for that whole year I was um, part of the church I remember coming back and just praying like God help us to make impact on this campus help us to just do the exploits and do the things that you would have us do as a campus ministry i was just the assistant you know but it was still felt like a really huge responsibility and so you know i did all of that it was actually pretty good honestly we did quite a number of things the church was growing you know we were able to do a couple of things had held some programs outreaches you know it was going pretty good and the lord was really helping me in that period i think i was in a relationship as well and i had told the guy yo you know i'm not doing any of the sexual stuff so let's just have that at the back of our minds that i'm not doing that but in between once in a while there were always these incidences honestly because because honestly i wasn't fully i was still dabbling like if you are gonna be you know consecrated you cannot be saying oh it's okay to kiss it's okay to make out but then we'll not have sex like do you understand you're just leaving break eventually what's that thing they say it's from clap that they used to go to dance so every once in a while it's bound to happen and incidents will occur and i'm just like oh my god feels so terrible but the good thing was that the guy you know was willing to try with me even if it wasn't his ideal situation and that should have just told me no like just don't like why do you have to but anyways it's cool so um i don't really know when things started to go awry here but sometime towards the end of 2018 i remember finding out that this person that i was dating had cheated on me with somebody else you know we're having sex um and also I think that at some point I was already starting to feel like I don't need to be in this relationship honestly inside my heart but I just didn't again remember I, I told you guys I don't know how to say no and it's the same thing I, I, I didn't know how to be the person that would break his heart for no apparent reason it was just the feeling inside that mm-hmm. and I feel like it's even that feeling that led me to go and open his phone and scroll and find what I found what I found and confront him and you know he came he said the truth and all and so at the end of 2018 um we ended things so i ended things i thought you know i could continue and forgive but like i'm not that girl i'm not gonna stay where you cheat on me i just couldn't move past it in my mind so it was just like okay this just has to end so 2019 begins and i really don't know what i would say has happened right okay yes in 2019 or you know in that whole period i was coming to this place where you know all my friends that 
like maybe from secondary school had all graduated obviously i'd gotten in school late and on top of that i'd repeated a class then failed then you know i'd spent a lot of time in this whole school matter you know i was seeing my friends you know sort of doing well some of them you know had jobs some of them you know graduated i'm just like i'm just stuck here i was just in, in this mind frame of you know me i want to start making money even if i'm in school i just want to be able to make money and do things for myself you know i had this and my, my dad was taking care of me he get me my dad i remember apple of the home so i wasn't lacking and I, I wasn't lacking anything but i just wanted more and then we had come into this instagram era where everybody's life is looking flashy and everybody's you know balling and it's just like oh i wanna i wanna ball too i wanna buy you know new bags and new shoes every day i want to use the latest phone i want a new gadgets and at this point i still fall in love with gadgets why i don't know what am i using the gadgets to do you know so i was just in that place of i too i too want this and you know i started thinking about ways that i could actively make money i had made money in other ways like from creating content for brands but it wasn't continuous money and i wanted more i just wanted more my eye was choking it was greed you know, I was falling in love with the things of the world. It was attracting me. I, I wanted money. Money was drawing me. You know, I've always I've always dreamt big. Even when I wanted to be a doctor, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to become like Ben Carson. Worldwide big surgeon. You understand? And when medicine did not work out, I had other dreams. I'm going to become like the biggest YouTuber, content creator, whatever it is, you know. But I wanted to be a big girl. I wanted money. I wanted that life and social media was not helping social media was emphasizing the fact that oh people your age are getting it you too need to be getting it girl and so i think that that was what began to take my attention um you know that and so i remember all of this time i had never really experienced anxiety or anything like that until 2019 around january i took on this new job um as a social media manager for a brand in abuja i was in school in enugu guys this is a six hour journey by road at the very least somehow i, I thought i could do the job the plan was that once a month i or twice a month i would go to abuja do the content and come back i was willing to do it because in my mind at the time it was paying well now when i think about it it really wasn't that well but at the time it felt like big money to me you know yeah it actually paid a lot it, it paid what social media managers some social managers are not even collecting at this point so i was in my mind i was like okay um this is decent money i'm not going to say no to it and so I, I purely did it because i mean i love creating content but also because the money was good and so the moment i took that job anxiety became a part of my life i hate social media management you guys like i don't know how social media managers do it like all hail to you guys if you're a social media manager you are doing amazing and so i was managing two accounts and i was just constantly on edge oh this needs to go up morning afternoon nights three posts a day two different plus school i was doing too much like i didn't need to do that i think i also was now also trying to sell accessories or like in my mind i became this ambitious person who just wanted to have money what am i what am, what am i even using what was i using the money for because every month my father was still sending me good money that i i could live on comfortably 
Why was I looking for more? Tell me. Tell me it's not the devil, Satan's deception. Making everything look like what you have is not enough and like you just needed more. Disgusting. But anyways, that was the first introduction of anxiety into my life. Now, I may have not mentioned that all this while, with that first boyfriend who I lost my virginity to, he had introduced me to weed. Um, yeah. I remember the first time I smoked weed, I was like, God, I'm never going to do it again. Never. If you save me this night, Lord Jesus, never again. Never again. I lied because it continues to be a part of my life. Not consistently, but like every once in a while, I would smoke weed like casually. No big deal. Um, yeah, casually, casually, no big deal. In 2018, while I was a pastor, some later in that year it became more what's the word more oh god what's the word i started doing it more often than i was doing it because i was around somebody who used to sell weed so it was easy for me to get it so because it was much more available i started to indulge a little more now in 2019 when the anxiety kicked in that's when it became a problem because then once I start feeling this anxiousness I take my weed I smoke it and it just made me feel calmer deception of the devil because I didn't know what was happening to me but I feel like it was in 2019 that I became addicted to that stuff but I did not know I didn't I, I wouldn't call myself an addict at the time oh my god you guys it just took lights what we're gonna continue this video like this so you guys that are watching on youtube my apologies but it's a vibe you can still see like the candle light and all so let's continue so um yeah it was in 2019 that i feel like you know i became very addicted to weed because I started to experience intense anxiety and that seemed to be the only thing that would calm me down like I remember having like intense panic attack like I couldn't breathe in my room <sighs> and you know stuff like that and after a minute I'll just when I calm down I'll smoke the weed it's make me feel a little high relief and I could function based on that and so it became a much more consistent part of my life you know every other day um i had weed around and then i had a friend who was also a smoker so that made things like we just normalized it didn't see it as anything bad honestly didn't see it as anything bad so that just continued on for me and then um what else so that's anxiety that's addiction kicking in and then the next thing that followed was you know when you're high that's why the bible says do not be sober-minded there's a reason so that you can reason properly so that you not do what you're not supposed to do i feel like the introduction of weed into my life helped got me to place where i then became much loser much more malleable i don't know how to explain it you know and so i started to engage in sexual relations with people that i had no business engaging in sexual relations with and it wasn't one two or three people it was different people 
at the same time you know different people at the same time and somehow they were just men around always throwing themselves at me you know at some point some of them i would engage some of them i'm just keeping them around because i'm going to use them to get the things that i want like oh some people is like when i'm bored or when i want to eat like oh hey would you come i just call and i won't even have to say anything they'll be like oh how far can i see you because i just knew how to play this game of not being available and so that when i make myself available they are gonna just be rushing me do you get so it was like manipulation for real um so yeah i would do that you know some of them just keep them around to be used um some others have sex with if i was attracted to or wanted to you know and this is when i realized that men will lie to you like blatantly like there were people who i engaged with who i didn't know were married but i would later discover that they were like i remember this one guy i thought it was just a regular guy i met we hadn't really done anything but i remember i was in his car and he would drive around like my school neck at the time and you know talk to students at this point i thought this guy was single so i thought you know i'm in a single guy's car no big deal but then i later discovered that my nigga was married and the, the day that i found out the way that he so casually said it like this is such a normal thing like no big deal you didn't need to be informed prior nothing like that i'm like wait is it that this is a normal lifestyle like i don't you get Men will, it wasn't one person, no. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's not one person. This thing happened at least three times. People who will not just say the truth. Like, you're not wearing your ring. You look like a young, unique person that just graduated. Say the truth now. Like, give the person an option to choose to be a bad, you know, if I know I'm committing fornication, help me to know that I'm also helping you commit adultery. I know, I'm, like, I'm already doing bad, but still... At least, let me do the bad by choice. Jesus, men will lie to you blatantly, deny, act like it's normal. It's crazy. So, anyways, 2019 was a crazy year for me. Like it, it just went down downhill from there. We just constantly engaging in this fornication of a thing. Even like when I would travel for work um, to the Abuja. Um, you know, I would meet men, I would hang out with some of my old friends from secondary school, you know, would go out, meet people, engage with someone. Ah, even Abuja met men that lied to me. <sighs> Jesus. Nah, 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 nah. It's just upsetting. Like, just say the truth up front. Let me know what I'm doing. Ha! Huh. Anyways. But yeah, it was a crazy lifestyle, honestly. It was crazy because it was too many people going like from one to the next to the next to the it was like so and because i was around people i was only engaging with people who helped me to normalize this who didn't judge me or who didn't hold me accountable it felt like it was okay it felt like it was this was normal no big deal right nobody in my church circle was actually my friend and that was a mistake you know that meant that nobody even knew what was really going on in terms of people from church my pastor didn't know what was going on i wasn't talking to anybody about it the only people who knew you know a snippet of what they saw when i was around them were people who were not going to be able to hold me accountable or you know challenge me and be like yo sis this is wrong how we like 
this is not who you are i didn't have anybody like that around me i wasn't open up to the people who would have been able to do that for me you know i did a lot of it in silence and in privacy and just being secretive and all of that and i feel like that's the reason why it lasted for a whole year and so 2020 was just crazy went downhill from there sorry 2019 was crazy went downhill from there just deteriorated eventually you know that was my final year in school um in fact i even did an exchange program went to germany and you know same thing not well not same thing i just remember doing like what do you call that thing the owner of the hotel where we were staying was you know like into me taking me out and stuff and all of that and the last night i remember getting so drunk like when i say drunk i've never been that drunk in my life like he had he was like oh you call your friends you know it was an exchange program so there were people from different programs so we all just came downstairs and just had like drinks you know and i got drunk i was drinking vodka wine every type of thing and I think we ended up having sex that night because I was gone. I can't. I have no memory of that intercourse, but I'm sure it happened. I just remember going up the stairs with this man. I don't know this. Like that man could have been carrying disease. Do you understand? Like I put myself in really compromising situations that anything could have happened. And so God was still saving me even when I was being an idiot. God was still saving me. And I just want to add that in all this whole year. As far as I was from God in my actions and in, in the things that I was doing, I still had many moments of intimacy with God. I would still come back and say, yo, God, I don't know what's happening. This is not me. This is not who I am. You know, I would pray, you know, have moments where I'm, I, I would go into like deep study of the word, have, you know, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So, yes, I was, um, what's the word? I was grieving the Holy Spirit. His voice wasn't as clear anymore because i i had normalized these things that i was doing you know when the holy spirit is telling you and you keep ignoring and ignoring and ignoring his voice become his voice just disappears because you're not listening you know he's a very gentle spirit but i still had those moments i would come back and so it's not like i didn't forget god i didn't forget you know my upbringing i didn't forget who i was entirely but I did indulge heavily in all of these things. And so it was a terrible place. I was the lukewarm pastor. You know, I was still a pastor, just for the record. Like, people were still, like, when they see me, but I started to withdraw from church as well, you know, because I also even had work, so I was always traveling. I wasn't always around, and sometimes even when I'm around, I'm just be like, oh, sorry, I'm traveling. So because I knew what I was struggling with and what I was going through, Going to church where I knew that people were looking up to me as this person that could be looked up to for guidance, for all of that. I didn't want to be in that environment because I knew what I was struggling with, you know, in my own life. I knew that I wasn't the, I wasn't the person that they thought that I was. I wasn't the picture of what they felt I was. And I did not want to leave that fake. To me, that was just fake. That was pretense. And I, I don't know how to pretend. I'd rather not be in an environment where I have to, you know, act in a way that's is not really true and so i used to avoid church as much as possible i was still show up but like i just wasn't the active person that they knew me to be you know all that while so oh my god we're getting to an hour on this podcast guys and so um you know i came to the end of 2019 and 2019 ended on on you know was part of the lowest 
of laws you know everything i had done was weighing heavily on on me everything the way that i had lived was weighing heavily on me you know the evidence of everything that i had done that year was it was weighing heavily on me i had come to my lowest of lows i remember going home for christmas and i was i just you know i decided to do it fast and just tell the lord like yo I don't want this life to continue. This is not who I am and this is not who I want to be. So I just need you to help me. I have to mention that in all those trips where I was going to Abuja, I used to stay with my brother. And this is my brother, you know, he's on fire for the Lord. Every evening we would sit down and talk and we would have these conversations about consecration and all of that. And he was sowing a lot of seeds in my mind. He didn't know what I was going through either. He didn't know the things that were happening in my life. but. I feel like those conversations planted seeds of desire in my heart because I saw what he had with the Lord and I wanted it. I wasn't there yet. I wasn't living that life, but it was a seed that was like, God, I want that. Like this person looks so deep. I want this depth. I don't I don't want this my shallow relationship. I want this depth. This the way that he was consecrated, the way that you could feel his fire, you know, and longing and intimacy. I, I desired it. I didn't know how to get there, but I knew I wanted it. And so at the end of the year when I was crying, I was going, I'm like, yo, you know, I just I want better. So just help me. And you know, at the beginning of 2023. 2020 you know i met my husband in january january 3rd we started to talk you know then and i feel like that also helped me in a way because all the distraction of many many men in my life i'm a faithful person so when we eventually started a relationship it helped me to just become a little much more single-eyed you know i wasn't interested in any other guys you know i just i wasn't interested in that it was just me and him and i was able to come clean and just tell him you know how the year had gone and all the he was the only person i was able to come clean to honestly and tell him everything and you know telling him all that i felt loved because i felt like the love of god in that period because there was no judgment he was just like yo i understand like these things happen you know i know these kind of things happen and it's okay you're not there anymore that's not the person that you are anymore and it was everything that God was saying to me at the same time. It was everything that God was saying to me. You know, it was what he was saying. And that's how my journey, you know, back to fire became, started, you know. 2020, thank the Lord, there was a pandemic. I was at home. Um, and I started to question everything. I'm like, God, I need you to show me myself all over again. What is my purpose of being here? What do you want from me? Like, what's, why am I here? You know, and it was a very slow process. I wouldn't say that 2020, I became on fire for the Lord. Not really. But my journey, that's how my journey started. Back, you know, we were indoors. And in my church there in Christ Embassy, my pastor, Pastor Chris, we were having these constant programs where they were, you know, well, I'm basically just studying revelations and the end times and what was happening in the world with covid and all of that and so i was constantly around the word you know hearing the word we would engage in fasts and stuff and things so i was doing all of that you know trying what i could you know to just get on this journey back to god and it was going much better i was getting closer and closer to the lord my relationship was improving day by day by day by day it was getting better and better but I was still struggling with addiction. I was still smoking weed. Um, 
I was still having anxiety intensely and so I was still I still felt like the only solution to this anxiety was to you know smoke so that I would feel better so that was still a heavy part of my life in 2020 although I was living with my brother I'll just take walks you know and smoke or buy incense and burn it so like the smell goes in I don't know I will just find a way once the anxiety hits I will find a way I don't know how I even found somebody that sells weed in this Lagos. How did I used to get that weed? I have no idea. I can't remember, honestly, but I found a way. An addict finds a way to do things. Even at that point, I would not have called myself an addict. It is in retrospect that I see that I was really addicted to that stuff. And so, oh my God, please don't die. The battery of my recorder is dying, guys. It's not going to die. I'm going to finish this podcast. And so that was how 2020 went. At the end of the 2020, I remember going for this job. I had started working, you know, creating content. I was making a decent amount of money. God was really helping me and showing me, yo, you don't need to do anything I can provide for you in ways that you don't know. I had just graduated, but 2020 was, you know, one of my beginning of my prosperous years. Even when the world was moving mad, when people were not making money, I was making money from different sources. And it was just God, really. So I remember at the end of 2020, I went to work with this guy. Um, after work, he was just telling me, I was just telling him that, oh, I just feel like there's more, you know, I need to get into a new level. I had just felt like that in my heart. And I don't know what it is. And then the guy told me, do you know DDK? DDK is Debola Dejikurumi, this woman of God. He's like, go and listen to her. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I went home that day. I went on YouTube and I searched for DDK. And the first video that came up and I listened to it, it was something about like five reasons why you're not feeling fulfilled or something like that. It was the answer to everything that I was looking for. And I'm like, oh my God, it was a moment. And I just knew that God had put that woman in my life as a teacher at that point. So I latched onto her, you know, and in 2021, DDK was my teacher. I plugged, she's a coach as well, so I signed up to her coaching program. I joined her ministry expression for women. I plugged into every way that I could consistently be around her, and she began to shape my mind through her teachings. I'm just so grateful for that woman of God, because God used her to shape me, restructure my mind, work on my heart. And in 2021, my dad passed on. I had even much more intense anxiety and almost depression, and so... I was still smoking but i will remember that my relationship with holy spirit was getting deeper and deeper and deeper intimacy was growing i remember reading this book called um my life is full of encounters it was by ddk and every time i read that book i was having encounters every day every day every day like the holy spirit was meeting me i would be i wake up every morning 5 30 i'm on the veranda the balcony and i'm studying my bible with my weed in hand and having you know these amazing encounters with the holy spirit i never felt judged i never felt like you know what you're doing is terrible i'm not going to meet you because you are a bad person the holy spirit knew where i was and it was a slow gradual transformation that happened for me nothing happened for me one day it was I, it required me to do work, to show up every day and just present myself to God. And it was a slow and continuous transformation in my life. In 2021, I got married as well, you know, and all. And my journey just continued to get better and better. And I remember one day, the first time that I lost, I stopped having 
heavy anxiety attacks i had gotten to this place where i literally couldn't couldn't function i remember lying down on the bed i couldn't do anything and i was like god is this how my life is going to be for the rest of like is this what is going to continue to be and so i had come to the end of myself and i said god you just have to take it away i can't is it i mean like is it weed because at this point the weed wasn't even doing anything anymore for me i would smoke but i would still be feeling this intense you know how if you've had anxiety you know how it feels like your all your nerves are on edge your stomach is in knots you know you can't function literally your mind is completely taking over you can't function it was a spirit of anxiety it was demonic honestly at this point and i remember i came to the end of myself and i told the lord please take it away because it's only you that can take this thing away so please take it away don't let me continue to suffer like this take it away and i remember like maybe two weeks later i realized like i hadn't felt anxiety in those two weeks i hadn't felt i just realized wait i haven't felt this thing oh my god and that's how you know my my healing journey from anxiety began that was the first major breakthrough for me and until today i've never felt that kind of like it was really terrible jesus you guys did my battery just die <laughs> okay so for people on youtube you can just continue on spotify <laughs> or apple wherever okay so um it became really terrible it became really or rather you know that's when all of that stopped and i continued to just journey with god it was a continuous what i realized like this growing in intimacy the desire was planted you know and it continued to grow by the help of the holy spirit i continued to desire to be a better person to just grow and to get deeper and deeper in god and as long as that desire was there and i was acting in the direction of the desire i continue to grow in my intimacy with god i continue to grow and grow and get better and get closer and get deeper and 2021 ended on a great note on 2022 um i started the year with a fast at the end of 2021 i had met prophet tommy Arayomi. this was another teacher that god has sent into my life and I plugged into his ministry as well, which was a prophetic and apostolic ministry. I believe like, like this is what, how God brought me into that aspect of my life. Because, you know, there was a calling on my life, prophetic calling. And I didn't even know it. But when I met Prophet Tommy, not physically met, when I came across him on Instagram, I instantly knew that I needed to plug into this person. Just the same way I knew I needed to plug into the DK. And so in 2022, we did a fast, you know, with this ministry, 21 days. It was really great. And I stayed going to RIG, which is the church. He had just literally come to Lagos to establish RIG Lagos. And I was like, Prophet Tommy came to Nigeria for me. It was literally almost immediately that I met him that they decided to move to Nigeria to start RIG Lagos. I'm like, this man is coming here for me. And so I fully plugged in into, you know, everything that was going on in RIG. And I believe that RIG was like a military boot camp for me. It was the Lord preparing me to be in his army, giving me training. You know, like when you join the army, there's a training period. That's what it was for me. 2022 was complete, utter training. The Lord needed me to get trained and prepared for what he was going to use me for. And I'm just so grateful to God for the way that he restored everything. 
2022 i grew i grew so much just being a part of that ministry and guess what at the end of 2022 prophet Tommy moved out of nigeria it, it was crazy i'm like wait so god you really just brought this man here for me legit we never had a personal relationship but i needed everything that he offered me by being a part of the ministry it was the best thing ever and so ever since you know 2020 up until now you know god has just brought me to this amazing place i remember in 2022 you know i even did the prophetic training as well got activated at the end of 2020 i was going for evangelisms i was you know going to hospitals praying for people um reaching out to people i would randomly go to a mall and you know have word of knowledge for random people it was the most beautiful thing i cannot explain it like i got activated in the prophetic in that way you know i I didn't believe the boldness i remember one day i went to the hospital with my friend she couldn't believe it like we're literally just going to this hospital to go (laughs) and talk to and pray for random people and i remember you know plenty things happening you know there was a guy who was like feeling like the world was over like he wanted to kill himself like he just wanted to die there's no point of living you know we prayed for him um i prayed for him you know and then i could immediately see the change in countenance like whatever was disturbing him he just suddenly felt like you know there's this new hope and this new life you know i would give people words and they would just be so like oh my god i really needed to hear that like god sees me ah so many things i'm just so grateful for all of that and you know now it's 2023 god has finally planted me you know like in a church where i needed to be a lot of times like in 2021 i wasn't even really going to any church in particular it was a very personal time you know at the beginning of this my back to intimacy work it was a very personal time but, you know, I was committed to that journey. I was committed to that process. But I'll say it was really, it's really important to be, you know, part of a body that you're able to learn from and grow with and talk to somebody and express yourself with. And, you know, um, that's how, you know, this is 2023. This is one month. It is July. This has probably been the most chaotic time year of my life, of my adult life. But I'm just so grateful because even in the midst of, every crazy thing that is happening is like god is just taking me in zigzag zigzag journey the journey is not making sense the instructions i get is not making sense but i've grown so much that i've just learned how to just obey and follow god because he really does know what is best for me and i remember one day just having this sort of epiphany of how god really showed me mercy how god saved me because i always felt like oh I don't have any massive testimony, but I swear, man, this is a, a massive testimony. God brought me out from the throngs of what could have led me down a path that could have been so much more worse. I could have caught diseases. I could have, anything could have happened because I was reckless. I was careless. I was useless. <laughs> but somehow through all of that, he was able to use my brother to sow the seeds of desire in my heart to keep me inside for 2020 and just feed me with what i needed to hear he led me to ddk who helped me to transform my mind i know as a christian as a 
an apostle in the marketplace as a business person, just as a human being, led me to Prophet Tommy, who was able to train me to be a grown-up child of God. Do you get me? To be an adult child, not to just remain a baby and be eating meat, but to eat strong meat and enjoy it. To understand that Christianity is not about what God will do for you, but no, it's not that God is here for you. You are here for God. I was made for God. I was made for him to use, to fulfill his agenda. I'm, I, right, I'm, no, I'm no longer a you know, what will God do for me? God, make this happen for me. Make me great. Make me this... Yes, he's going to do all that, but you have to understand that you're just a part of the huge agenda, which is to establish his kingdom on the earth. Understand that you are a soldier in an army and this is war. You know, occupy till I come. This is what he said in his word. Occupy till. We're not just here to pass time and wait for heaven to come. We have a duty. We have work to be done here on earth. In 2022, I became a soldier under the training of Prophet Tomi Arayomi, and I'm just so, 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 so grateful. And now I'm, I'm just in this place where I'm an obedient child. You know, I've learned. I'm a grown up, and I'm so grateful for maturity. And it's just been God all along. It's been Holy Spirit all along. And it's God keeping me. And I just pray that he continues to keep me in this way. And it can only get better. It's from glory to glory. I've come to a place where I realize like God is everything. I don't have any other ambitions. I'm no longer ambitious towards, you know, being the richest person in the world or being the whatever. All of that is just extra. You know, the wealth that God is going to use me, it is is going to give me still for the nations is still to establish his kingdom is still his own you know my mindset towards a lot of things has just changed my satisfaction is in god i've realized my calling my purpose my purpose everything that i am and everything that i will ever be is all for the purpose of knowing god knowing him deeply and making him known to every man everybody that i can meet the only thing i can do right now is just scream shout jesus 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 everywhere he is all that matters. My life is for him. I have laid down my life. I have given up everything, you know. My Everything that I am and I am about right now is God. And by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to continue to keep me in this way. Even as he takes me on this journey to being everything that he has called me to be. That I will never, you know, take my eyes off him to look at what he's doing for me. When my eyes only be continually stay on him, you know, and not get distracted by the things that he can do for me or the things that he has done for me, but my eyes will stay on him and him alone and whatever he asks me to do, to just be an obedient child and an obedient son. So yeah, guys, this is my testimony. This is how God, you know, brought me out of those lukewarm, terrible throngs and, you know, just living the life that I didn't need to be living to this person who I am now sold out son and it's is the most beautiful place it's the best thing ever so yeah that's my testimony that's my story y'all let me know in the comments um what part of the story were you able to relate to you know I hope you're able to get something or you know just be freed of something there are so many more stories to tell but you know as we go i'm going to enjoy this podcast and sharing this journey with you guys i'm sure that you can see that i talk a lot (laughs) um we can continue this podcast into like hours but we're gonna stop here thank you so much for tuning in to abide the podcast with me today um be sure to subscribe 
to the channel if you're on youtube or spotify wherever you are please follow subscribe and keep up with these episodes they're gonna just get better and better and better okay thank you so much for joining me today and i'll see you in the next episode of the podcast bye guys